The Packers go 0-3 on the preseason as they get ready now to trim that roster down to 53. We'll recap Saturday's game against Buffalo and project forward to see who we think might make that 53-man roster. And didn't we say on Friday, watch out for the Twins. We'll recap the weekend of the Milwaukee Brewers as well. All coming up on this Monday edition of the 414 Sports Podcast presented by Soul Boxer. Here we go. But instead, it's the 414 Sports Podcast, and it starts right now. Welcome in on this Monday edition, Monday, August 30th of the 414 Sports Podcast. I'm Don Wachillis. As always, our podcast presented by Soul Boxer. Crafting and bottling, bartender quality cocktails you can enjoy anywhere. The bourbon old-fashioned, the brandy old-fashioned, the Manhattan, all crafted to remain true to their supper club origins. Find Soul Boxer wherever you pick up your favorite libation. So as I said on the intro coming into today's podcast... We'll take a look back at the 19-0 loss to the Buffalo Bills in the final preseason game of what will be the 2021-22 season. And also, boy, I'll tell you, the Twins are just a pain in the backside when it comes to interleague play. And we'll talk about what the Brewers finally overcame yesterday in getting back into their winning ways. But let's first backtrack to... Saturday's 19-0 loss to Sean McDermott and the Buffalo Bills. And obviously going in, you had two very different approaches. Matt LaFleur deciding to once again sit, in this case, 30 starters against Buffalo, where Sean McDermott made the decision to play a couple of his starters. And, well, more than a couple. I mean, his starting units got a little bit of work in on Saturday. And really what it meant for the Green Bay Packers is you had a lot of young guys now going against first-teamers and trying to see whether or not they could take that next step. It No more was a situation where you had second team against second team and third against third. Now you had some of these second and third string guys who the Packers are contemplating keeping on the 53-man roster going against a quality opponent and seeing whether they could take the next step. Lafleur, on the other hand, as I said, deciding to sit all, if not the vast majority, of his starters. He sat 30. He sat, what was it, 32 against the Jets, and 31 or 30 as we opened the season against Houston. So Matt Lafleur taking a little bit of a different approach, but for the Green Bay Packers at least, you now have a very healthy ball club, that will get two weeks to prepare for the season opener against the New Orleans Saints. And you have starters now that I think will be climbing the walls, so to speak, waiting to get on that field because they have spent the entire camp, drills, practice, 
drills, practice, and now they'll finally get an opportunity to step into game mode. And remember last year, there was no preseason for the NFL. Because of the COVID-19 outbreak, we jumped right into the regular season. And though maybe the first couple of weeks you had eh, some inconsistencies, at least it wasn't that the quality of football was all that bad. So the fact that Lafleur, with a very veteran ball club, guys who have, in essence, been there and done that, he has the ability to rest. He has the ability to let these guys make their way through camp, keep them as healthy as possible, because we add one game now to the regular season, and it's a long way to go. So it'll be interesting to see how game one against the New Orleans Saints will play out. But at least as of right now, going into that contest, you've got your full alignment of players ready to roll. And then we get to see whether or not any of what we saw in preseason carries over into what the starters will be doing once they hit the field. Jordan Love started the game on Saturday, played into the second half. Didn't actually play that bad until they got whether you want I'll, – I'll extend the red zone out to about the 25-yard line. Once they got inside the 25, they, being the Green Bay Packers, were just unable to score points. And a couple of times inside the extended red zone, as I'll call it now, Jordan Love made some really poor decisions in trying to make something happen. And Matt LaFleur, after the game, said, you know, those are teaching moments, and there were a few teaching moments that I'm sure took place here uh, in the first couple of days of practice following that loss to Buffalo. So for Jordan Love, the athletic ability is there. There were times on Saturday when you watched the Green Bay Packers, you could see why the Packers did what they did in drafting Jordan Love. There were flashes of just greatness, but he's young and did not have preseason last year. Didn't have much of a camp at all last year because of COVID. So his growth is much more inclined to what some of the rookies coming into camp this year would be. And he's got talent. Right now, it's a matter of the decision-making by Jordan Love when he's out on the field. And that's something that will come in time. And the nice thing about having Aaron Rodgers on the ball club is now you have time. And not only do you have time, Somebody like Jordan Love can learn from one of the goats in the game in trying to get himself ready when it will be his turn to lead the Green, if it's the Green Bay Packers. I'm still not sure Jordan Love will be the quarter, the next quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. I think it's going to be interesting to see. I know many people are saying this will be Aaron Rodgers last year. Many of those people also said that Aaron Rodgers wouldn't be in Green Bay at all this year. I just wonder if the Packers have an outstanding year, if Aaron Rodgers can stay healthy, if Aaron Rodgers with a chip on his shoulder, and we all know when Aaron Rodgers has a grudge, look out, but with a chip on his shoulder leads the Packers to a Super Bowl berth, I just wonder if we could see Rodgers having his contract extended a few years And then we find somebody like Jordan Love on the trading block because there will be takers for a Jordan Love. Everybody in the NFL needs a quarterback. Regardless if you have 
a starting quarterback right now or not. Everybody is looking for depth at that position. So we'll see how the season plays. But I'm not completely sold on Aaron Rodgers leaving after this season, and I'm not completely sold yet that Jordan Love will be the heir apparent. What I do know is, at least at this point, Jordan Love will get the opportunity to once again watch and watch and learn from one of the best. So the Packers have until 3 o'clock tomorrow to trim that roster down to 53. And there are certain segments uh, within the roster that I think are worth looking at here as we we kind of make our picks, so to speak, for who we think will end up on the 53-man roster. At the quarterback position, it's real simple with the exception of will Green Bay go with two or three. I tend to think, in contrary to some publications, I think the Packers are going to go with three. I think you're going to see Kurt Bankert, Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love all at the QB position moving forward. Now, again, Kurt Bankert played well in the preseason. Not spectacular, you know, not Justin Fields well for the Bears, but he did enough where if he's released, somebody's going to pick him up. And if he doesn't, I could almost guarantee the Packers will put him on that 16-man practice squad. A lot of publications, again, saying that the Packers will only go with two. I tend to differ. I think they'll want three because the depth at that position on a 17-game season is going to be really important. At the running back position, you know, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, they're in. The person who made the biggest impact and used the preseason to really elevate his status on the team is Kylan Hill. Kylan Hill has had a spectacular preseason. The seventh-round draft pick has really made a name for himself. So I expect Kylan Hill excuse me, to be that third running back on the roster. When we move to receivers, I think the biggest name that won't be found on the roster sheet will be Equinemia St. Brown. I think the fact that Randall Cobb was brought in, I think Malik Taylor being drafted will be a part of that roster. Obviously, you add Alan Lazard and Devontae Adams and MVS. There's just no room. So I think Equinemia St. Brown will be the odd man out along with Jawan Winfrey, Reggie Bengleton, and Damon Hazelton. Somebody, though, like Equinemia St. Brown, with his experience, with his speed, I think we'll find his name on someone else's roster but it won't be with the Green Bay Packers moving forward. Tight ends, Jay Sternberger, I I don't think he had the kind of camp that he had hoped for, and I'm afraid for Jace that he may find himself as the odd man looking in on a team that will probably keep four tight ends. At the offensive line, for me, that one's up for grabs because the health of David Bakhtiari and a couple of others could really skew how the Packers decide in keeping a number of offensive linemen. So that, to me, is going to be the position that will probably get the most scrutinized and have the most debate inside of that conference room as they try to whittle this thing down again to 53 by tomorrow at 3 o'clock. On the defensive line, Tyler Lancaster and Abdullah Anderson – 
I don't know if they did enough in this preseason in order to make the roster. I think you're going to see the likes of Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry, Kingsley Kiki, TJ Slayton, and Jack Heflin making the roster. And that defensive line is going to be critical as far as how well this defense moves forward this year. We constantly harp at the linebacker spot, but the reason the linebackers have struggled as of late has been the play of the defensive line. Linebackers that have been Hall of Famers, you can go all the way back to Mike Singletary, are great players, but they're great players because they're freed up and allowed to do what their athletic ability allows them to do. They don't get tied up a lot with guards or tackles being able to get to the second level and create chip blocks. They're able to roam freely and do what they do best, which is get out into the flattened coverage or creep up on somebody and knock them into next week. So the defensive line for the Green Bay Packers is going to be critical, even though for so many years we keep scratching our heads about the linebacker play. If we can put together a defensive line that will tie up the big guys on the offensive side and then allow our linebackers to roam free, I think we would be pleasantly surprised as to how well that linebacking core does. And I'll say it again at the special team spot. J.K. Scott, if he makes this team, I I, I don't know. What, I, what am I going to do? It's not my call. But I don't think J.K. Scott has done enough to make it on the 53-man roster. Now, I know he's only a punter, but the punting is critical when you're trying to change field positions. And the fact that he has not played well in the preseason, he was injured on Saturday's game with a pulled muscle to the point where Mason Crosby is back there punting, and Mason Crosby actually punted better than J.K. Scott. J.K. Scott has ability. And for whatever reason, when it comes game time, whatever he does in practice doesn't always parlay into the game. And unfortunately, that's where we need him most. I don't need him kicking 45, 48, and 50 yards in practice if he's only going to kick 27, 31, 34-yard punts in a game. So J.K. Scott, for me at least, is on the bubble I'll be interested to see what the rest of the Packer organization feels as that one moves forward. So, again, the roster needs to be down to 53 on Tuesday by 3 o'clock. And then once we figure out who the 53 is, we can start putting together the line and the backfield and the receiving core and everything else and start looking forward to the Week 1 opener against the New Orleans Saints. We'll also keep an eye on some of the other cuts that happen with other teams because, as I've said before, as many times as we want to bring free agents in, this becomes a really critical juncture for a lot of veterans because they will be released on whatever their particular team is because younger talent has stepped forward. And this could be an opportunity for the Packers to go out and get a veteran receiver, a veteran tight end, a veteran, you name it, at a lesser price because they've been released by their current squad. So we'll keep an eye on all of that. That, again, happens by 3 o'clock tomorrow. On the other side of the break, the Brewers' rough weekend in Minneapolis, something we kind of forecasted could happen, and it did. 
And so they got one yesterday, and now at least they get themselves out of the Twin Cities, and we'll talk about it in just a sec. All right, let's talk some baseball here as the Milwaukee Brewers get a win yesterday, a much-needed win after a three-game losing streak. They beat the Minnesota Twins 6-2 to in Minneapolis after losing the first two games. They're in the Twin Cities. And as we were saying on Friday, I don't know what it is about the Twins. The, the Twins, they're a decent team this year, but they're not the Giants. They're not the White Sox. You you can name a ton of – they're not the New York Yankees who just got a 13-game winning streak snapped. The Minnesota Twins are a decent team but are just the Achilles heel when it comes to the Milwaukee Brewers. And, and every team has that seemingly every year. You can go back a few years. Pittsburgh was Pittsburgh. They were not a good ball club, but it seemed that every time we went to Pittsburgh, they would take two out of three or three out of four, or take a 3-0 sweep of the Milwaukee Brewers. They just had the Brewers number. And that, again, is what seemingly has happened with the Minnesota Twins, who, though lost yesterday, won the series. So the Brewers had their series streak snapped over the weekend, and it's the first time, I I, I can't tell you in how long, I think only twice this year they've had a three-game losing streak, uh, in the course of the season, and the Twins helped compile that. But again, falling yesterday to the Milwaukee Brewers, 6-2. to two. Rowdy Tellez hits a three-run homer. Aaron Ashby gets his first major league win. Uh, Colton Wong continues to play well. Yelich goes two for four with a walk. Offensively, they again are getting better. Now, they had a couple of struggles Friday and Saturday, but yesterday looked good. And that's a good sign because now they've got to head out west for a big series against the San Francisco Giants. And the San Francisco Giants are seemingly looking like one of those teams along with the Brewers and maybe the Dodgers. The Dodgers have tailed a little bit and the Padres have kind of fallen off the face of the earth. So, This could be a preview of the National League Championship when we move into October. So is it the end of the world? No, but it will be a good test. Now, the Brewers played the Giants really well at home. A couple of tough breaks here and there could have really changed that series that the Giants ended up taking from the Milwaukee Brewers. So let's see if they can go into San Francisco and return the favor. Let's see if... We can get some of our guys back healthy and off the IR, IL, or whatever it's called these days. If we can, again, start now moving forward as we get into the latter part of this season where some teams now will struggle because of injury, because of exhaustion. 162-game season will take its toll on a player physically and mentally. The Brewers, as I said on Friday, have navigated that minefield really, really well this year. And now with a couple of the guys who are on the injured reserve list, moving forward, if they're healthy and rested, this Brewer team, again, could really make an incredible run once we get to October. The key now will be, and a great test will be, 
coming up as they take on the San Francisco Giants. One thing to keep in mind as well, I think it's Thursday's game as a YouTube special. So if you go to YouTube and click on the Major League Baseball channel, you'll be able to watch the Brewer game only on YouTube on Thursday. So just keep that one in mind as you start searching for the game in order to watch it. So that'll wrap things up on the Monday edition of the 414 Sports Podcast presented by Soul Boxer. We'll keep an eye, obviously, on the Brewers as they head out west, and we'll keep even a bigger eye here at home as we wait and see how the Packers trim that roster down to 53. I'm Don Wachillas. Have yourself a great Monday and a great week, and we'll talk to you on Wednesday. 